This is the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast, and I'm your host, Chris Schmedeke. I have two guests today. First, I'm joined by Vinny Benedetto to talk about the Nuggets, and then we'll check in with Kyle Fredrickson to talk about the Colorado Avalanche. Stay tuned. Okay, we're going to talk a little Denver Nuggets with uh, beat reporter Vinny Benedetto. Vinny, how are we doing today? Doing pretty well. How are you doing, Chris? Doing pretty well. Uh, you know, last night's game for the Nuggets was a little bit of a strange one, but overall they are playing some of the best basketball they have probably all season, uh, tied for the top spot in the Western Conference. But let's talk about last night a little bit. Uh, built a big lead, lost it down the stretch. Um, I think what I noticed the most was those are the games where they miss Jamal Murray when he sits out. Yeah, definitely. Um, they rely on that two-man game with Nikola Jokic so much offensively in those close games kind of down the stretch. And I think there were definitely possession possessions last night where you could see that, uh, you know, even even late game situations where they just didn't have uh, that kind of continuity or that chemistry that, that you know, with Nikola and Jamal out there at the end of games, it's they make it pretty simple for the uh, for the other three guys out there. And I think you could definitely tell they were they were missing that last night. Yeah, and I was I kept wondering. I mean, I know Ish Smith hasn't played a lot, but there are times like uh, you know we've talked about Bones Highland on this podcast before. Like he's so you know feast or famine at times, and it seems like late in that you know he had that one possession where the ball just got stolen from him late. You know he just seems a little I don't know if scatterbrains the right, but he seems a little tense under those late game situations. Yeah, and I, I think yesterday was really a pretty good game from Bones in terms yeah. of – I think he had 11 assists and just that one turnover. Again, a costly turnover, bad time for it. Um, but I thought he was he was really pretty good. But but you are right. I think there there has been some kind of uh, – some pressing from Bones. I think he's, you know, kind of found himself where, where shots aren't really falling. Um, yeah, I think he's trying to, to – kind of what we've spoken about earlier, trying to find that right balance between scoring and playmaking at, while he's kind of going through that shooting slump. Um, but yeah, I think, I think there was definitely some uh, lack of, lack of cohesion, especially when you, when you consider who was out there to kind of close that game. I think that's a lineup that probably hasn't played a, a bunch together, but I, I thought for, for the most part, it was a pretty good game from Bones last night. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't want to say that he didn't have a good game. It just seemed like you know, there are just times where you miss your second – it shows that you miss your second star. And last night was definitely one of those. But the night before, they fell behind by 20, and they came all the way back and won. So, you know, it, getting a split on those on these new weird, like, back-to-back games, I think that's – I think they'll take that. Yeah, I think it's just going to be I – don't, I don't know really if it matters who the opponent is. I think two games against the same team, I think you're going to see a lot of a lot of splits in these kind of situations. Yeah. Um, so the Nuggets were home before for a pretty good stretch before they headed out to Sacramento. So you actually got to see them in person uh, a little bit more. Um, you were there Christmas night. I think we got to talk about the dunk heard around the world. Um, <laughs> how did you feel about that? And, you know, you saw it live. Was it even more ridiculous live? Yeah, it was it was pretty insane. And and I'm kind of above the tunnel on the opposite end. So it's not the best angle to appreciate that that play live. But but regardless, it regardless of not being at, at the best angle, it was you could just tell that it was an insane play, and it didn't take the uh, in in house uh, production team long to get that up on the video board, 
And, and really that that place was so loud in there that I could tell the whistle had blown just because the action had kind of stopped, but I had I didn't hear it. Yeah. And so I was just kind of waiting for a while, like, is it a charge? Is it a block? It was yeah, that that was that was insane. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I got I mean, I'm sure every Nuggets fan got flashbacks to when Jamal dunked on the Bucks and they called the offensive foul. I want to say that was may have been the last game before everything with COVID hit, the last home game, possibly. Yeah, I, I, I was there as a fan, sitting up in the 300 level. For oh, that. really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so th- there were flashbacks. So, you know, I think we got to talk about Aaron Gordon because this has been an unbelievable season for him. He's found his role. We've talked about him before. But now, you know, it, those games where he has, whatever, eight, nine dunks in a game is just ridiculous. I, he's finally figured out this is perfect for him. And, you know, he, he was never a number one guy. He tried to be in Orlando. It didn't really work. I just think, I mean, I don't think he'll make the all-star game, but he probably should definitely get consideration. Yeah, he's really been pretty incredible. And I think I wrote about this, you know, during that homestand where he's really benefiting by not having to be the guy who's guarding the Dame Lillards, yeah. the John Morants, you know, if he would have played in Sacramento, he wouldn't have had to spend the whole game chasing De'Aaron Fox around. Um, so, so the additions of Kentavious Caldwell Pope and Bruce Brown and even Christian Brown have kind of lightened the load for Aaron Gordon, especially on the defensive end. And I think that's giving him, you know, some extra energy when he's kind of offensively, you're right. He's fine. Kind of found the perfect situation where he's not having to create a bunch, but he's just kind of in that dunker spot. And it seems like he has the energy to, um, you know, elevate and finish through contact and, and and finish these plays with dunks. There's been a handful of situations where I think like he's had his first shot attempt blocked and then he grabs the offensive yeah. rebound, collects himself, and then just goes back up even stronger and, and finishes. Um, so yeah, I think he's kind of really embraced the situation, embraced his his like slightly diminished role from from what they were asking him to do last year. And I think it's really been a, a really good fit for both parties. You know, you were talking about him not having to guard the best guy anymore. Um, That kind of segues into, I mean, the defense is still a problem at times, except in the fourth quarter. But even right. last night, you know, the defense, the Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox, and they played together at Kentucky, right? They were the backcourt at That's Kentucky right. together, I think. That would that sounds right. Yeah, so, which I'm sure they have good chemistry already. Um, yep. But they were just destroying the nuggets and you know you you think with kcp out there they were missing bruce brown last night and it showed because he would have been in there late in the game i'm sure he would have been i don't know if you can explain what kcp was doing on that last possession why he was so up on him when they didn't need a three and then he blew right by him i i, I don't know if you how you felt about that yeah no it wasn't wasn't the best defensive possession from him i i, I don't I, I don't know what <laughs> what his what his uh what what the point of being so kind of so close to the ball in that situation. Um, you know, a lot of people I think have pointed out that the last two minute report today is probably going to show that yeah that he kind of had him had him hooked there. Um, and, and when when you kind of at that point, I don't know what option KCP had, but to kind of swipe at that ball and. A lot of people are saying, you know, he got all ball on that swipe. But anytime you swing at the ball like that, I think you're asking. They're going to call it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think he he kind of – he maybe gambled early and then put himself in that situation where he was kind of behind the play and didn't have much of an option but to 
to take his chances. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was one in probably a long list of uh, defensive possession the Nuggets would like to have back in the final five minutes of that game because they I, they didn't get stops really at all in the final I think second half of that fourth quarter. You know, I don't think the the two minute report is probably not going to be making Nuggets fans feel any better because I think yeah. was that dunk from Brown from Christian Brown was that under two minutes too where it looked like he got yeah that pretty- was. I think that was in the final minute, yeah, because there was there was certainly contact there that he kind of had to uh, had to sift through to get that dunk off. Well, the two minute report's always Nuggets fans' favorite thing. Um, you know, I, I don't know how they fix the defense now. I mean, I, I kind of just feel like they play it when they need to, but th- that's fine in a game in December. But how is that going to hurt them in the long run? Yeah, it's, this is definitely not a sustainable model to have a, a deep run in the playoffs. I think at this point. You kind of just have to accept that for this team, like there have been instances, I think, um, in the Memphis game and maybe either Portland or Phoenix where they're getting by really by just playing one solid defensive quarter. Like yeah. Memphis, Memphis, it was the first quarter. Right. They held, they held them, I think, to 14 points in that quarter. And that was enough to kind of see them through. Um, Portland, I think it might have been the fourth quarter where they held them to – 16 or 20 points or something like that so i think i think it was the third because weren't they down in the third maybe oh, that, I don't that, know. yeah but but they're getting by with just one really strong defensive quarter per game and it, that has been enough to allow them to uh to win you know i think they've won what it was five game win streak before that loss yeah. last night so yeah. um you know as the season goes along i think you just like to see them kind of increase the the length of time they can go playing good defense maybe you know, in the next few weeks, you start looking to say, hey, that was a really good defensive first half or or a, a right. good second half. And then, you know, as you get into February and March, maybe you can start thinking about three solid defensive quarters. But right now it's just like they're feeling good if, if they play 12 solid minutes of defense in the game. And, and it's crazy because when they do turn up the defense, I mean, they got hands and passing lane. I mean, now – we're sitting here complaining they are the top team in the Western right. Conference and have the right. fourth best record in the league or whatever it is. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to complain. Like, I always think about that when I talk to our colleague Kyle about the Avs. Like, they are the defending Stanley Cup champions. They'll probably be fine. Um, so let's talk about what's coming up because they've got the, – the Heat are a little bit down this year because all their guys are always hurt and sitting out. But yeah. the Heat and Boston come to town this weekend. What are you looking forward to? I mean, the Boston matchup will be outstanding. Yeah, I think uh, it's that's New be, Year's Day, right? Yeah. Yep. I think it's going to be a situation where uh, you hope the Nuggets aren't aren't looking at the schedule the way I am, where it's right. just yeah, yeah. Miami has been down; they've been struggling to get guys healthy. But yeah, that Boston matchup is certainly one where it's the Nuggets have had a few games now in the last few weeks where they're playing top teams in, in the conference and. You know, they haven't, you know, before last week, hadn't played a lot of the top teams in the in either conference. So I think any chance the Nuggets have to uh, to see where they match up at any point against a team like Boston is going to be really interesting. But yeah, Miami, too. I mean, I don't think Miami's going to come in and just let the Nuggets walk all over them. So I think that'll be a good test just to see kind of how seriously the Nuggets are, are, are taking it at this point, because, uh, you know, regardless of who plays for the Heat, if, if you take them lightly, they can they can show up and punk you. Yeah, I can't. The Heat beat somebody the other night with half their guys out, and it was somebody good. I can't remember who it was, but they they beat somebody with 
this, you know, Bam was out, Jimmy Butler was out, like Lowry never plays. So, I mean, they were, and they beat somebody, they beat somebody top. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, that's that, that Boston game will be exciting, but the Friday game, I could see them being like, eh, well, it's like a, like a letdown game for sure. Yep. Yeah. So, all right, I'll get you out of here on this. Um, the, uh, the talk, the MVP talk is already circulating all over. There's no way you can give the Jokic a third year in a row, blah, blah, blah. But how could you not? I mean, you're not voting after 34 games or whatever it is, but still, like, he continues to prove to be the most valuable player to his team in, in the league. Yeah, if uh, it's going to be a long season for those uh, not excited about the discourse because it's, if it's not going to stop. Up, if if he keeps this up, he's going to be in the conversation regardless. And like, uh, it was looking really good, and then <laughs> Luca pulls off a 60 yeah. 2011 game or whatever that was. Uh, um, so yeah, uh, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, uh, it's not going anywhere. Like that talk is going to be there unless he misses some games. Not going what that doesn't happen, but because yeah. they've shown that they can't do anything without him. Right. And I mean, New Year's Day, we're going to hear about it again. You know, it's I don't think it's a nationally televised game, but Tatum and Jokic have got to be two of the probably top three or four guys right now. And, and that's going to that's going to be a constant as we uh, continue on for the rest of the season. For sure. It's always it's really, you know, I mean, he's going to make the all star team, of course. But I mean, I, I think, well, I, it, he doesn't want any of those awards. I think he just wants to win a title in Denver, which is what I think most people want. So. All right, Benny, thanks for coming on, and uh, we will look for your coverage throughout the weekend as the Nuggets play a couple big home games, and we will talk to you again next week. Awesome. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks, man. Okay, it's time to talk a little hockey in Colorado Avalanche with Kyle Fredrickson. Kyle, how your holidays been, and how are you doing today? It's been excellent, man. I'm sitting right next to my real Christmas tree. I'm, I'm team real tree over here, the scent, <laughs> the the – you know, just what it brings to the season. Uh, my dad actually cut it down snowmobiling, so I love that. Um, so, yeah, man, leaning into it a little bit, I appreciate that the NHL takes a few days off, you know, right around Christmas. Not every other sport does that, obviously, with, you know, the Broncos and the Nuggets doing their thing. So, you know, I'll, I'll take the time off when I can get it. I'll, I'll say it that way. For sure. All right, so let's talk little abs. They're nearing the uh, midpoint of the season at 19-12-2. I think, were they in the first wildcard spot in the West? Yep, fourth right in there. the central right now. So sort of definitely in the conversation. So um, you know, and they're doing all this with I don't I've lost track of how many guys are out. Uh Miko Ratnan's definitely carrying the team. Um, so what what have you seen so far? Um, they had a bad loss the other night to Arizona. There's that as well. Yeah, for sure. It's you know, I think this is just sort of a good time to to do some retrospect on where the abs are at, being that this holiday break comes when it does, you know, just a little bit before the halfway point. And when you're looking at where this abs team is sitting, I think there would be a high potential for panic mode right now, right? I mean, just in terms of all the guys that are out right now to what you mentioned and how tough the schedule has been for, for this group, they've had to have one of the toughest roads in, in the league with how short the off season was, you know, going into this year, you know, they're right there in, in the playoff mix and, and they're finding guys to, to step up. Um, when needed. So, you know, I think there are some concerns on the whole about this team and, and we can get into, into that in a little bit here in terms of what Val Nachushkin's injury means, but man, the, the abs are in, in great shape and, you know, looking at maybe some of the bigger pickups from the off season, you know, 
Evan Rodriguez is all of a sudden one of the team's best passers. I mean, he's just been yeah. setting up guys beautifully the past few games, especially without Nathan McKinnon. You know, they need a guy with the puck on his stick who's going to be able to make those plays. And, and you know, no one can do what McKinnon does. But, man, it's it's been great to see, see Erod really embrace that role. Uh, Alexander Gorgiev didn't look great in Arizona, but, you know, he's proven that he's a starter in this league. And I think that's saying something. You know, I think I've, I've been saying on the podcast before, you know, let's get to December and sort of evaluate how well he's done. And Gorgiev has been amazing for the Avs. He had a bad game in the desert, but those were a lot of shots from distance through traffic. Defensive miscues by the Avs, you know, set up some really great chances for the Coyotes. So I think on the whole, you know, those are two of the best pickups of, of the summer and and has really shown that, you know, the Avs are in good hands with with Chris McFarlane running the show under Joe Sackick now as, as the president of Hockey Ops. But yeah, I think for the Avalanche fan, you know, they should be very pleased with with where the team is at considering all of the injuries, uh, you know, but it's, it's not going to get much easier from, from here to the All-Star break. Uh, with a lot of games in a short amount of time. And and the Avs just got to get healthy because I think, you know, right now they've avoided those big, long stretches of losses. But if they string together, you know, three or four in a row, like we've mentioned before, that's when we start to wonder, you know, just if they're built for this or not. I will say, though, if they kind of tread water the whole time, even when the guys get back, no one's dying to play them in the first round as the wildcard team. (laughs) No, absolutely not. And that's the thing. At this point, I think – the expectation is that this team won't be a front runner going into the playoffs. They'll no. either be a wild card team, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll sneak in, uh, I think is, is a more likely scenario. We'll see just how close they get to not making the playoffs when, when some of these guys come back, but that's going to create some tough environments that they're going to have to go win series in. And the good news is you've already got a team that's battle tested through a cup run. So that they're in good shape, I think, to do that. Yeah. And, you know, even, like last year when they were healthy, would they go 30 and two at one point or something like that? Like I could see them going on some sort of run to maybe get in that top three, but yeah, there's no president's trophy in the future this year. Yeah. Doesn't seem like it. Yeah. All right. So uh, you talked about Val Nechuskin's injury a little bit earlier there, you know, it's his ankle injury. It continues to bother him. It's the same one he had surgery on at the end of the year. It's the same one that we all saw the picture of after the cup win that was absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Uh, so what do you think they do with him? Do they sit him to the playoffs? Do they try to get him back? I mean, he was one of their best players there for a while, even after signing that big contract. Yeah, it's it's really, I think, could be a linchpin on the season to a certain extent, whether or not Dallin Shushkin is himself when the playoffs come around. And I, it's a little bit confusing for me as a reporter, right? Because Jared Bednar in one breath says that Val is day to day. And then in another breath says, well, there's no timetable for his return. And this is the same injury that that he's had before. So I do think that there are some alarm bells here in terms of what the longevity for Nichushin is going to be this year. You know, you mentioned the idea of sitting him until the playoffs start. I don't think that's a bad idea at this point, especially if it's something that's lingering to where just being off the ice is good for him, you know, with an ankle, if it continues to get re-aggravated, I mean, that needs to be, you know, one of the strongest points on his body, right? You're putting so much pressure on that every game, every shift. So for the abs, I think being overly cautious is the play here. You know, there was a ton of people in my mentions when this happened today saying, what's going on here? Did the abs rush him back? Did they screw this up? How, you know, how, how could they do this to one of their best players? But in the same breath, you know, it, it's hard to know what exactly happened or, or why this aggravation happened. I do know there's a language barrier with Val 
not speaking very good English. He he essentially refuses questions from anybody in the media at this point. It's a little disappointing, but it's just sort of where he's at, I think. And I also just kind of wonder if if that plays into his communication with the coaching staff. You know, is is this guy saying where he's at and, and can they understand him in a way uh, you know, that that allows him to recover in the right way. There's a little that's a little bit of speculation, yeah. but I do wonder if that is some kind of barrier in all this because the abs need him. I, you know, I don't think they can win a Stanley Cup again without Valanchushkin in the lineup. He basically brings everything that Miko Rantanen brings, except maybe he's a little bit more unproven. And with Miko's increased physicality, you know, he matches that, I think, stride for stride uh, with Val right now. So abs need him back right now. It's a guessing game. We're just going to watch practice and see when he shows up. But even though he's day-to-day, I would not expect him back until maybe late January. I, I think that's optimistic. Um, and I saw something on Twitter. Did Eric Johnson get hurt today during practice? He took a puck off the hand or something? Yeah, you know, and I, I don't want to maybe, you know, ring the alarm bell there too early. But, yeah, we we saw it with our own eyes, and that's the beauty of watching practice. You know, Eric Johnson takes a puck. Um, you know, off a shot from a teammate, not sure which one it was, uh, right on his hand and, and was in serious pain and went right through the tunnel and didn't come back. Uh, we asked Bednar about it, one of the first questions after morning skate, but at that point he hadn't even talked with athletic trainers yet. So hopefully after the game, we'll have a better sense. I mean, if EJ's on the ice and warming up, you know, th- that'll be a good sign that things are going well. But if he's missing, boy, the abs are already kind of pulling deep into that chest of of AHL talent, even, you know, at, at on defense. Like I mentioned with Bo Byram and Josh Manson, not expected to be back anytime soon. Uh, You know, that's just more more tests for this team that seems like all year just can't catch a break with injuries. Is there really any update on any of the big guys right now? Um, I know McKinnon, they're talking about maybe close, but, you know, Gabe's still kind of whenever. And yeah, I said Manson and Byram are nowhere close. Right, right. I think the guys who are the closest right now, you mentioned McKinnon. He wasn't at practice today, but that was a day of rest. I think there's a chance he comes back in a couple nights on New Year's Eve um, to, to play, and that'd be a nice gift uh, for Avs fans. But he's going to have to skate in a regular sweater, and we haven't seen that. He was in red no contact a couple days ago. Uh, like I mentioned, he wasn't there today, so we'll just sort of have to take an eye on that. Um, the other guy who I guess would be closest from the list would be Darren Helm. And that's just because he's practicing again, but he's sort of been stuck in this limbo where he's with the team still, but he's in red and and there's not really any update on his progress. They're just sort of seeing how he feels. You know, he's sort of a veteran guy in this league. So you wonder what, what's the issue and, and why it's, it's, it's not healing any faster. Um, but the Bo Byram news and, and Josh Manson as well, it, it, with it being, you know, week to week at this point, um, Landeskog, I, he's on track, but you know, that's not a, a timeline that's expected to be. Um, you know, fulfilled until at least I think mid January. So we're probably a couple weeks out there. Um, but it all depends on when these guys get back on the ice. And so, you know, with the abs playing every other night now, you know, through a, a good stretch or the rest of the season, they're going to have to prove they have great depth because um, these guys are working their way back, but no one's knocking on the door at, at this point, except for McKinnon. Yeah. That's, I swear, like you win the cup and this is, the, <laughs> it's unbelievable this season. Like I yeah. cannot believe it. It's, 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 unreal- it, it, it's real bizarre. And the short offseason had to play a part, right? I'm I mean, sure. These guys barely had a break. Yeah. All right. So one guy who has been healthy, uh, let's hope we don't jinx it by talking about <laughs> right. him, uh, is Kale McCarr. He's leading the NHL in ice time this year, uh, this season. You know, you're going to write – you have a pregame story about him that's going to publish this evening. You know, what What do you have going on there? And, and how has he actually dodged this injury bug? 
Yeah, I mean, man, Kale McCarr, right when you think he he can't do anything else that's going to surprise you because he's done it all, here he is playing, you know, more than 27 minutes a night. The only player in the league uh, to break that barrier right now. And I mentioned the Byram injury um, as well as the Manson injury. Those two guys, that's their second pair off the board. And that's why they have McCarr, you know, playing so much. And um, it was an interesting topic, and that's why I wanted to delve into it is the pregame story uh, this week or this game. Uh, is just the fact that playing that much time, you have to change your approach as an NHL defenseman. I mean, you would just absolutely burn yourself out if you just played, you know, with your hair on fire that whole time. McCars essentially had to manage the way that he attacks the puck and way he, the way that he joins the rush because he's playing so many minutes. And that's impressive for a guy who's really still young in this league to figure out what that balance is. When do you go in? When do you not on the rush? You know, how, how can he be effective as a decoy, as someone who's so talented that he's going to take attention away uh, and allow other guys openings to score and, and be successful. So without going too much into detail and you'll, you know, you guys can check out that story on, on denvergazette.com. You know, it is a great look and just how this team is coping with the injury problem right now and how Kale McCarr is once again, just showing that he's just on another planet. I, I don't know how the guy does what he does. Um, but you know, his, his teammates find it just as remarkable that, it's every night he's playing this sort of time and, you know, he hasn't been perfect. You know, there, I think there's been maybe some more mistakes than this year than a year ago. Um, but you have to expect it. I mean, no, no team in the league is relying on a player more than the abs are on Kale McCarr. And, and that speaks volume about his worth. And, you know, real quick before we go, you know, talking about that was McCarr. I think Rantanen's the same way. I mean, he has just carried this team completely. Who is he playing with on the first line right now? Is it Rodriguez and somebody else? And, We'll see. You know, I, I think they're shifting guys around a yeah. lot. Um, I think looking back to the last game, I, I do think it was Rodriguez and Lekkinen on on that top oh, yeah. line with him. That 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 makes the most sense for this group group right now. They love it when Rodriguez has his puck on the stick, though, because he's such a great creator. Um, but yeah, the way Rantanen has has done this and 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 been such a a consistent force is amazing. I mean, he had that recalled goal. Uh, in yeah. the Arizona loss, that was incredible. I mean, he he batted the puck out of midair, I think off of his own rebound. I mean, if that guy makes that play and Kale McCarr isn't off sides on the entry with just, you know, something as simple as losing the puck a little bit as he's crossing the line, that's on every NHL highlight, highlight reel for the, right. the rest of the season. You know, he's it's, it's like video game stuff. So it's a small example of, of what that guy does, but it's a great illustration of how he is the one creating chances right now. He has you know, 25% of the total goals this team has scored on the entire year. So I don't know, you know, what goes into that MVP heart talk, you know, who is the best player in the league? Uh, the Oilers have a couple guys who seem to be in it every year, but I don't think any other team is leaning on their star more than Miko is right now. And he's proving he can do it by himself. And, and, and that contract he signed, he's getting paid like a star player and he's playing like one. So, you know, another shout out to the apps front office and, and another smart contract to keep a guy around who's clearly one of the best power forwards in the league, if not the best. You know, you mentioned the Oilers right there. I was looking at the standings before we got on. They're in the other wild card spot. So yeah, I mean, right. they're I mean, they're they're down there too. There's a lot of season to go, but you know, I, I we feel like we say that every time we talk, like don't panic, don't panic. I I still say don't panic, but you know, like you said, like they get down to it and these guys aren't coming back. They may be they might not have a home series, like they may not be the home team in any of you know. 
He might have right. home ice advantage in any series. Right, right. And I don't have the numbers in front of me. I, I wish I did before the pod. But, man, these guys win close games a lot. Yeah, so, they do. You know, they, they they went to overtime three times during their four-game winning streak, and they won every one of them. And and, and that just says a lot about the resolve of this team, again, with, with so many of their stars down. So, for me as a reporter, I'd prefer they finish in regulation. Uh, yeah. Overtime hockey <laughs> gives me a little bit of an ulcer. Uh, being that the result could be different, you know, in any given second, yeah. uh, that three on three format is so crazy with the back and forth it creates um, for a fan. It's great, but for a reporter on deadline, uh, not so much. So yeah, let's, let's see if the Avs can't, uh, can't do it in regulation tonight uh, as we're recording uh, before the game. Yeah. This is uh, going to be published before they take on the Kings tonight. Uh, Kyle, thanks for coming on. It's always good to talk hockey with you and we will talk again next week. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.